0: Hello, welcome to Unprecedented Women, the podcast sharing incredible stories of women who paid their own way in the world of work. Stories that will inspire you to have the confidence to be visible, take action, and to play big. Because what's the best that can happen? I'm Jess Audsley. We're all pioneers, and we are all unprecedented. Today, we're addressing the importance of female-only networks, and that's something that I'm personally very passionate about. And we are here talking with VoiceHer, and VoiceHer is the world's first voice-based community for women. VoiceHer is a feel-good social network that brings diverse women together for meaningful and supportive conversations, and it is the brainchild of Victoria Elman and Sanna Dalin, and I have the pleasure of welcoming Victoria Ellman to the show. Welcome onto the podcast. Thanks, Jessica. I'm super happy to be here. What a
1: nice introduction!
0: Oh, good. So lovely to have you. Now, this is going to be a really interesting conversation because female networks have done so much for me and my business and my mindset.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, Voice Her is an audio-only, female-only network. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, and and what led up to Voice Her. Of course, small question, um,
1: yes, tiny, <laughs> <laughs> tiny one, um, so not to make it too long, but I grew up with a very big family, quite untraditional, uh, with four older brothers and one younger sister. And from quite early age, I understood that I need to, I need to, um, you know, be able to negotiate, I need to be able to make my, make my point clear, um, and also that nothing comes easy. And um, growing up with so many brothers around me made me quite tough. And I knew that if I wanted something, I needed to work for it quite hard. <laughs> um, so growing up like that and, and also having a mother that worked as a police officer investigating in sexual abuse on children, etc. And we also had a foster home growing up made me realize from a quite early age that having or making an impact giving back is something that came very naturally for me um, so I would say that throughout my life you know being a young woman having a lot of maze around me and, and also knowing that you know what I want I need to fight for it um, I started my journey with working within sales because I realized I was quite good at it and I think it was because I love psychology, I love understanding people and why they act the way they do. Because there's almost always a reason behind it, um, and I think I'm I think I'm quite good good at it. And you know, working within sales says it's a lot about psychology and understanding a person's needs or something that you can create out of it, and then the transactional part is just one tiny bit of the entire uh, communication or relationship within that um, yeah within within that process so um, what i felt uh, working within sales was that i loved working hard and i loved proving myself if anyone else could do it i knew that i could do it as well and that was kind of my mentality from start Um, I got my first job, uh, or I I became a manager the first time when I was 21. Um, I got headhunted by Red Bull after working with Red Bull in Sweden, and we were about to launch it in Norway. So I was supposed to to hire uh, seven people, um, a a team under me, and and we were supposed to introduce Red Bull to the market, uh, which was a huge um, opportunity, obviously, and challenge. And I remember back then, I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, dealing with those things, like how how will I be able to deliver? And it's quite a big challenge. I don't have any experience at all. But also from quite early age, in my family, we always communicated a lot about psychology and why we act the way we do. And it's not how you have it. It's how you take it. It's It's how what you do with what you have, basically. So I remember thinking to myself, if I have three managers believing in me, why shouldn't I believe in myself? And then I just put that aside and I did what I could. And I also realized that I was that example that could be an example for them because I was headhunted and I went from you know being on the field doing the dirty work to becoming a manager so I could also be a relatable role model even though I was younger than all of them. Uh, and i 'm jumping quite quickly into into business because i 've been working a lot for the past thirteen years mm. so um for me, it was you know the mindset was was there uh, I had the tools, and obviously, I also had a quite great support system around me so when I had challenges or went through challenges, I could always call my brother that worked with an NLP or hypnosis, or I could always call my mom, like, have you, have you had experiences like this with other women, you know, backstabbing, et cetera. And I always had someone to relate to, which has been crucial for my personal development and also mm-hmm. putting it into right perspective. Um, and then I think, you know, having that, what I just, what I previously mentioned about the impact, that was something that followed me. And in the beginning in my early professional life, uh, for me, it was really important to getting a challenge and to make money and to have a lot of fun while doing it because I put a lot of time into it. Um, but five, six years ago, I realized that this is not what drives me anymore. I have all that and I've taken a lot of chances. And I think one thing that also, kind of stood up for me being a young woman. I took the opportunities that was given to me and I created them. I was not afraid and that was, I would would say that's one of my number one positive traits of why I am where I am today. And that's Mm -hmm. because I'm not afraid of jumping. I'm not afraid of failure. I know I will fail because we do that every single time. But that's something I think I kind of had with me along my childhood. Um, So yeah up, up until that like five six years ago i i also along that way spent some time in cameroon and lived there and worked with unprivileged children because that's something that i always wanted to do i wanted to expand my horizon i wanted to fill my life with lots of things and i think also being a bit, a bit personal i've been through a lot of um, you know, personal pain when it comes to losing family members from a quite early age. So from an early age, I've also had this life's biggest questions. Why are we here? Why am I here? What can I bring back? What makes me happy? What's important? And even though, you know, going through losses and going through horrible things, like lots of people doing and that, that, that I did, also in a way gave me a gift. And that is Mm. the appreciation of life and the respect and having respect for time, I would say. Mm. And that's why I have also taken all these opportunities. So along with those things, uh, the impact that my uh, parents gave or showed us and also that I had that drive within me, I realized after uh, many years in the corporate and living in London and Paris and Norway and etc. I realized that, you know, there's so much more that I I can do. And I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at. And I need to make a change, not just for others, but also for myself. Because who do I want to be as a person?
0: Mm. Who
1: do I want to make an impact or can I help someone and I also Many times thought, you know, I've been given so many things. I've been so privileged, probably more privileged than I ever realize. And the more privileged you are, the more responsibility you have to give back. Mm. And the further or the f- the faster you understand that, um, I think your life will, you your life will be so much more full, because you will start doing these actions, taking these actions. Um, that is not just good for maybe others if you could help others but also good for you because in the end we're here for purpose we're here to feel needed and to feel that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves
0: Mm. yeah it's very interesting to hear you speak because I think that Certainly for me, I recognise that you, when we talk about network, it seems to me that your family and the way that you grew up is in itself a network that you rely on for guidance. And also that you seem to have very much an entrepreneurial mindset in your fearlessness when you speak. Because I think that a lot of no I don't think I know that a lot of women are held back by their fears Mm. and when you say talk about that that daring greatly is really such a big part of wanting to be an entrepreneur because failure is part and parcel and it's not something that we can we should fear it's something that we should learn from Mm. so you started voice her with your business partner Sanna how did you two meet and how did this idea come to you yeah, my amazing Sanna. She.
1: Uh, <laughs> I always start small because, you know, one of those challenges that I had er- previously or earlier on when I realized like I want to do something different, and if everyone else or if there are so many people that can, they can start their own business and be good at it, why can't I? And I realized that also there's certain things that I'm not good at that I need a co-founder um, to become even better together with. So. After, so I've I've worked for TripAdvisor then for six years, I traveled around the world and I was living in the UK and I started to feel that itching again like this is not enough Uh, and I can't stand to not take something or or do something with this feeling so I resigned for the second time, the first time I got headhunted again, the second time I felt enough is enough basically, Um, I need to do this. So. I resigned and I applied to Antler, which is a VC firm investing in people. And it's an incubator uh, that goes in quite early on in in the process before you even perhaps have an idea or maybe you have an idea, but you haven't found the co-founder, you haven't created a company, etc. And my number one reason for applying to Antler was that I wanted to find someone that has the same drive up impact that's the number one and you know coming into antler we had lots of conversations with other people that also came into the program um, that said i want to you know i want to challenge myself i want to try out becoming an entrepreneur i love this solution or this product or whatever it might be and i want to investigate in that and for me it was like i know i will challenge myself i know i will become an entrepreneur um I know that if they succeed, I will make money, but that's not the reason why I'm here. The reason is that I want to make a change. Mm. Um, so I, I think I spoke to maybe 65, I think we were 65, 70 people in the program, that cohort. And um, you have a very limited amount of time. And I remember Son and I had a conversation um, and we kind of put the cards on the table. We said, you know, what happened to us in early age? Why are we as driven as we are, and what drives us in our core? What drives us? And we found out that we have similar values when it comes to those things. And I think that, you know, when it gets tough, that's the thing that you need to rely on. You need to rely on your core, and it has to be fundament- fundamentally in you. And that's what I felt with Sana. And, and also the, the plus thing was also we were complementing each other. She's amazing in creating sustainable and, and, and products that people love. Uh, so she's a civil engineer from KTH, worked for global companies like Electrolux, IKEA, etc. And um, so we complementing each other, she's product um, scaling, um, um, sales and um, business development. And we are both super impact driven, that's why we were there. And that's how we kind of got married.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your business marriage. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And at that point, did you have a clear vision for VoiceHerd? Did you have the idea or was that something that you developed together? We developed it together. So when we put the cards on the table
1: saying, you know, for me personally, I have felt, you know, working in different global businesses and I've always worked as an entrepreneur for the past 12, 13 years, uh, for me, it was quite hard to find a relatable role model in the same organization or a mentor. It was almost non-existent. Um, and many of those environments that I've been with within, not all, but some of them has been quite toxic mm. where you don't support each other and it's a competition, uh, you get backstabbed, etc. And obviously working in sales or so being an entrepreneur, intrapreneur, um, you need to work hard and you need to prove yourself. So with that, also, there's a lot of competition, etc. So uh, that was very important for me and for for Sanna. She, she um, I think she always felt like she's a part of a minority. Uh, Sanna is, you know, she um, she's a civil engineer in tech business, tech industry, not many women um she's a mother of two she was the first one getting children in her among her friends um she has also felt like she was lonely many times in her lives and she wished that she had peer groups or other relatable role models just Mm -hmm. to mention a few things and when we talked about these things we understood that we need to create a community that is a feel-good community a social media that are. Taking away everything that has to do with your visual appearance, that Instagram and other uh, social media is, is doing, and, and actually contributing to a negative mental health, and we want to do the exact opposite. So focusing on the on the core value, the core conversation, and having the vision of every woman should have the freedom to empower themselves in a safe environment, and for that, you need. Relatable role models mentors. Um, So that was the that was the core and that was the um, initial idea of voice her Um, Obviously, we're quite early on. So we're continuing to develop it, but that vision is still there and um, Audio is super interesting and it's you know, it's high on demand. Everyone wants something very quickly and um, And the barrier to enter is quite low because it's just audio. So it's a perfect um yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect setup. It's a perfect uh, tech solution, I would say.
0: Mm. It's hard to talk about social networks that are audio exclusive, if you will, without talking about Clubhouse, which has had an exponential growth. This kind of growth and in interest around. Audio-only social network. Is that something that you could take advantage of? Or how do you look upon the competition? Definitely. I would say for us, you know, when we created Voicere back
1: in October 2020, we knew about Clubhouse. We understood there was something in Silicon Valley that was, you know, getting a lot of attention. Uh, We had no idea that it would go that quickly into Europe and into Sweden and UK and Germany. Germany got quite big fast. but to be honest, um, working as an entrepreneur beforehand, I knew how long time it could take to educate a market if you're bringing something new. It can take years. And then in the end, you're just educating the market and you can't really sell the products. So this was, to be honest, the golden way that it came because we didn't need to educate the market. Mm. Uh, so people know about the format. What at the other hand can be that they are, oh, you're like Clubhouse. For us, it's more like we're using similar voice take or audio take, but we have a completely different vision, mission, and, um, you know, community, um, and also looks of the, of the app. So yeah, voice, uh, Clubhouse is there, which is great. Uh, what we've also seen and learned is that they are doing a lot of things good, and there's also a lot of things that they're missing. And mm. uh, we are having, Continues conversations with our users that are telling us these things. And we have also seen that their engagement has decreased quite tremendously uh, recently. Uh, and that also proves the concept that you need to bring value to, our, to your users. Um, so, yeah, that's what we are pushing for and, and, and uh, creating.
0: So it's an advantage really to have somebody like Clubhouse not only educating the market, but also making the mistakes that you can then see, well, actually, you know, this, we can think about this differently. As a user, I have to say Clubhouse is is very, very different from what VoiceHer offers to me. The audio, absolutely, and there are rooms, but the vision and the mission and the why and the community that VoiceHer creates is entirely different. Mm. And you can feel that in that community as well. It's very clear what your mission is and, and wanting to to create a safe environment. We know that women feel lonely. Mm. We know that they crave community and connection. And I'm a person who is, I, my fundamental belief is that, you know how they say it takes a village to raise a baby? I kind mm. of think that women are sort of tribal in the most positive sense of the world. So that when women come together, they are truly unstoppable. Mm. And it, to me, it's that is the power of, of voice. Her to have that connection and that community between women. So I think it's it's very exciting. But it's not easy building something new the way that you guys are doing it. You need investment and mm. venture capital. And we know from previous conversations that we had on the podcast that the venture capital world, only 1% of investment in VC goes To female founders and we have Mm. you guys who are two female founders (laughs) tell me a little bit about your venture capital journey and what it's been like for you trying to raise capital and what experiences you've had
1: Mm. great question um so i would say uh, you know with with what we're building and building a community and obviously it's not easy but it's something that we get validation every single day. We talk to our users, every single day when they come in and we have amazing conversations, we understand that we are needed. And I think whatever you do in life and whatever whatever struggle you're having, whether it is getting investment or, or uh, co-founders or whatever it is, your why and your purpose is so important. And that is what keeps you going. Um, so for me personally, I would say, you know, I know about the data, I know about this, the data is horrible, it's, but it's also a opportunity. And that's something that I want to see. That's my mindset. Uh, When there are challenges or when there are things that have never been done, we're here to change that. And one thing that I'm also thinking of quite often is, you know, I have this privileged life in Sweden I grew up with lots of love and comfort and everything and when I look back at all these women that have fought so freaking hard for us to be able to be where we are today then I feel quite you know I feel quite powerful because I understand that you know women just like you said women have a lot of power when we come together when we join forces and if there are certain battles that I need to take I would just shut up and take them because there are women that have put their own life for us to even have voting rights to even you know be in the same room as other people so that's kind of the behind my mindset behind whatever challenge that throws at us Um, now obviously we are building a tech company so we need investment and we've had we've had lots of conversations with a lot of vc firms and i personally have had a great um conversations with most of them um, and uh, right now we're just building our target group so that we can prove our concept that we already know is proven uh, mm-hmm. but we need to prove it on another level um, so you know we're here to change it and son and i we are both very solution oriented and we see things as an opportunity um, obviously at times, you can get frustrated, irritated, and, you know, why is it this? Why is this? Why? And, and how can we do to change this? And it, change starts with, within. So I'm going to try to do my best and uh, not focus on the problem, but focus on the opportunity.
0: Mm. I love that. And I think it's so important, as you say, Like, it's a little bit like taking one for the team and also leaving the door open for the ones that are behind you when you are leading. Mm-hmm. And I know that you employ a lot of women in your team as well. And tech is traditionally a male world. Can you feel that sometimes? Definitely.
1: Uh, and growing up, it was not like I, I said to myself, I'm going to be the CEO of a tech company. That, in, that didn't even cross my mind, even though I worked for many tech companies. But here's the thing. You don't have to be a super tech person to work in a tech company. You have other skills that a tech company needs as well. So I think women often, not always, but often women are good at putting obstacles in front of us. There is just creating it harder than it actually is. Um, And I have a technical co founder, which is great. I really, really need her, but she also really, really needs me. And I think sometimes we need to look above or beyond the tech or beyond whatever it is that we are stuck in um, because we are all needed with our own different personalities and traits, etc. So being a tech girl in a tech environment, again, it's great. And I see a lot of amazing women around me that are working within the tech industry and uh, you know, questioning the, the status quo. And we just need to keep fighting and keep working and doing our best. And I know that we are doing a great work. Um, mm. So I'm just, you know, I'm just happy to be here.
0: The proof is in the pudding, as they say, it's in the exactly. work that you actually put out yeah. into the world. With VoiceHer being a, an exclusively female network and a and a safe space really for women to connect, mm-hmm. what are the some of the common issues and struggles that you see?
1: You mean within the
0: community or yeah, that you see women and girls
1: mm-hmm. having
0: that women are brought together.
1: Um, so there's there's many different aspects of this, and one thing that I've seen also from my previous uh, work life is that. If you have a certain environment, people will follow. So, if there is a toxic environment when you when you come into a new company, whatever it might be, and people are speaking towards each other quite rude, people will follow. Mm-hmm. And it takes one person to stop that, and that one person needs to be very, very, very tough uh, to go, um, you know, against the stream. Um, so. That's something that we wanted to like. We wanted to lay a great foundation, a powerful foundation, where we support each other and where we, where we, respect and show compassion. That we not always need to understand each other, and there are certain topics that we need to conversate about. Certain topics that we are afraid to conversate about because we haven't conversated about them before. So that's that's just one like the the environmental thing. Um, the second thing I would say that women are women have not been able to take as many risks as men Uh, we are not as risk takers as men and therefore we might not start a podcast or not start a a, a, your own business or move abroad or whatever it might be Uh, so that's one challenge that i see that we need to have environments where we talk about taking risks and failures because without oh. failures, we cannot learn. and that's Hallelujah. Amen Hallelujah. to that. <laughs>
0: yes. <So laughs> no, that's... seriously, it's, it's mm. one of the reasons why this podcast is here, because I really, really, really want to reiterate that I see that fear in so many business owners and wanting to be business owners around me, and they let mm. that fear hold them back. And that fear is a fear of something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So you're taking something, you're grieving something and mm. taking something to heart that hasn't yet happened. But mm. if we normalize failure and say, you know, this is a part and parcel of being of the human existence mm. to try and to fail, then we are normalizing it. And then the fear loses its power.
1: Mm. And you don't know what will come, right? Even though it's you a failure know. or whatever, you have no idea. So you don't know the outcome. No, you but don't know in- the outcome. But instantly you think it's a failure or it's a negative thing, which it doesn't have to be. No, you can can reframe it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. absolutely. You can reframe it. And it's like starting something like you guys, which is a huge project, you know. It's all about learning, isn't it? Mm. And sometimes you have to, like, fail to find your way back again to where Mm. the path forward is. You have to Mm. learn. Nobody nails it on the first time. It's... Mm. You know, yeah. nobody's winning at life. You know, exactly. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's That's not the thing, it's, right?
0: Yeah, it's a growth. It's not you know a finite thing. So mm. I love that and. I truly believe and that's the reason why I started the podcast as well because I I join you in that mission to bring conversation Mm. to women because I I felt that when I was starting my business I was looking for voices out there that Mm. were in similar situations to me and I could only Mm. find people who were really succeeding and doing so fantastically with everything when Mm. they started their business and that that's not true is it life isn't like that.
1: It's not like that. And the earlier we realize it, the more we can do with it. And talking about voices, just saying, you know, we don't need to give anyone a voice. A woman, everyone has a voice, but we need to practice it and we need to use it. And that's a third thing I would say that, you know, taking risks and taking space and, and like, sometimes we're not... And taking risks is also linked to you know, daring and, and, and standing in our power that, you know, I'm taking responsibility for this. I do not know everything, but I will do it anyway. And um, women are so hard, we are so hard on ourselves. We can beat ourselves up a lot. And not just that, but also each other. And that's something that we need to change like when sisterhood comes together when we join forces towards a common goal we get incredibly powerful but in our daily life we're not always doing that we're quite hard on ourselves and we're hard on each other and why is that Mm. um I mean, it it is more than enough to have that person within us saying, you cannot do this, or don't you think you're someone, or you can never be able to do that uh, assignment, or whatever it might be. We don't need a second or a third. And, and yeah, this is something that we need to change, and we need to practice this together. Mm. Um, and we need to show more compassion towards each other, and we don't need to understand everything. But, you know, if we had more understanding of each other if we if we open up and understand that oh you come from a different culture or or in your culture you act in this way and that way is a result of this then you would most probably if you were that person with the same exact um, role models or the same exact experiences or culture whatever it might be you would probably act the same way Mm. so if we could just understand each other more and open up for these conversations that are so important to have Mm. then we will have a more friendlier um, environment and and world to Mm. live in
0: it's interesting to me i have three children i have a son and i also have two twin daughters who are only five at the moment but for me it is very much active parenting in the sense of being aware of how I raise my son versus how I raise my daughters. And this goes into kind of like the good girl syndrome where, you know, Mm. a little girl, a boy falls over on his bike and hurts his knees. You say, oh, that's okay. You can get up and try again. And then when the little girl falls over, you say you have to be more careful next time. And this mm. is something that we do and this has been proven in data. So even still, as young girls, we are told this narrative of like not being risk takers, being careful mm. and and the good girl kind of nail it on the first go kind of narrative. Mm. Do you think that your childhood being raised with brothers, risk takers and darers, that you've been mm. affected by that in your life as well? Definitely, without a doubt.
1: Um even though I was the first girl in, in I was number five, um, and then I came, my, I got a younger sister as well. I, I do think the environment uh, play a big role. I wouldn't say that my parents were particularly uh, like overprotected of me. My brothers could be very overprotected of me, but they could also be quite hard on me. Um, and it, there was many times where they did not cut any slack for me just because I was a girl. Uh, Quite the opposite, actually. But there's also another thing into this and that I think is there's two things. One is personality. Me and my sister, for example, we are very different. She's much more... She takes less risks than I do. Um, And we grew up the same way and have the same type of family and environment, etc. So there's a personality within that, too. Mm. And the third thing is that... It's also a state of mind, and the more things you're doing, the more risk you take, the less the barrier will be next time. And I kind of practiced that quite from an early age because I was so curious. I had that life biggest questions, and, and I know that life will be gone in a second, and we're not promised life in any way so why not like this is a gift that we are having Mm. and obviously this is something that i need to remind myself of constantly because we forget and we you know get irritated and in small daily things etc but having that constant reminder helps me um and helps me realize that you know victoria this will help you in Enlighten, or in living a more full life. And that's what I want. That's my goal in life. I want to be able, by the end of this life, say to myself, I I don't regret that much and and I did what I wanted to do. I did not let fear intervene with my action. Uh, And I'm not walking around and are being fearless all the time. Of course not. But this is a mindset that I put into myself from quite early age. And the more I've done it, the less barriers I have.
0: Regret tends to be more around the things we didn't do than the things that we Mm. did. Because the things that we did... They have been done. You can't undo them. But the unfulfilled Mm. life, the promise of an unfulfilled life where you didn't do those things that you wish you had done, Mm. that I think haunts people more than the things that they actually did. So tell me, how do you, Mm. do you have a practice to remind yourself of working on that mindset? I'll give you an example because this is what I do. And I know that a lot of people use journaling and things like that. Journaling has never really been my thing. But what I do is I do have an active gratitude practice in my life. So I make Mm -hmm. an effort, a conscious effort every day to think about the things that I have instead of the things that I don't. So it can be Mm -hmm. really simple things. You know, I have my health. Mm -hmm. I get to wake up. I get to do this. And mm. those things help me as a business owner and an entrepreneur in times that are difficult. When you have a client who isn't happy or things go against you, then you can at least comfort yourself with the thing that I get to do this. So this is mine, mine alone, and I get to do this. Do you have some practices like that that you actively work on your mindset?
1: Yeah, um, I would say I, I'm also a bit more like you. I'm not... Well, actually, I kept a diary quite early and for many years until my brother read all of them. So, I <laughs> uh, and I never done it again. So, I kind of, I. So
0: it's I, a privacy <laughs> issue, right? <laughs> I,
1: I, yeah, I probably would have continued keeping a diary if he didn't read it all. But um, <laughs> I would say, you know, I just like I mentioned earlier in this uh, in the session that there are some fundamental things that guard me when I was younger and when that is so close to you, you are so aware about what you have mm. because you know that you can lose them so quickly. So it's so like
0: a constant reminder, it's something that's there. It's their... a constant reminder,
1: exactly, and it's also respect of time. Mm. So obviously I am like everyone else, I get angry and I get pissed and that customer, or what, why don't they understand what I understand, you know, all those things. But when it comes to, in the end of the day, I know what, what, is, what is true happiness and what it is to be happy. And it is really, really about the small things. Mm. You know, if, like, for example, I, I was just, yeah. So now working with this uh, business with VoiceHer, I've gone so much into it, being that good girl, working Way too much um, to keep a good balance, and and I know this with my you know common sense that you need to gain energy and you need to you know go out do sports etc etc. But I didn't do it for many months, and then yesterday I went out running and today I went out boxing. And when I'm doing that, when I'm practicing it, I'm thinking to myself: If I didn't have legs, I would have wished that I would have done this for every single day for the rest of my life. Mm. So I'm having those constant reminders or if I'm staying in the kitchen with my mom and, you know, we're singing together, I can just instantly think, this is what happiness is. You know, in those small moments. And that's what it's all about. And I think it's just something that I have within me, Mm. to be honest. Um, And then sometimes you need to... You need to remind yourself, or you need to talk to a person that are, you know, in a good place that can remind you. And I think also that's something that we all need. Sometimes you're flying a bit too high, and then when you land, it's way the more the higher you flew, the the harder the land will be. And that's also with the parachute net or the network that I'm having with my family. They're keeping me grounded all the sing, all 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 every single day. They're keeping me grounded and that is something i think that is truly a gift
0: oh it is and i can recognize myself so much in in those thoughts when you're saying when you're in the kitchen with your mum and my thought is that one day she won't be here anymore exactly you know yeah. and that that gives me such gratitude in that moment and such happiness and it's Sometimes the media tells us to, to seek this life full of happiness all the time, but that is not a natural existence <laughs> to walk around being yeah. like happiness, happy all the time. It is not, that's not living. Living is like the hard stuff, the good stuff, the ups and downs, and it's it's all of it. But social media can be such a triggering environment for people who think about happiness as that kind of filtered, highly curated snapshot of somebody else's world. And that's that's not what mm. life is. You mentioned earlier, you said we talked about women and that amazing things happen when women come together. But there is also another side of it when women come together that we can be really hard on each other. And Mm. this podcast is named after an author called Glenn Doyle's book, Untamed. And in it, Glennon talks about uh, some pretty compelling data that shows that women in general are very much kind of cheering each other on and wanting women to do well and take their seat at the table. But research shows that when women do take up space and they do take a seat at the table, Mm. both women and men dislike it. There can be an element of jealousy or, you know, negative aspects of the relationship between women can you relate Mm. to that have you seen that in your life
1: definitely I've seen it a lot and and this is topics that I've had conversations with my friends about because it to be honest it's so sad you know it's it it really breaks my heart Mm. because you put so much energy into something and then put energy into something that are not doing anything good or you're tearing that person down or tearing each other down or tearing yourself down and it truly breaks my heart because in the end we're all having a battle that we need to fight and you don't need to fight with others as well. Um, so I've, I've experienced it. Um, I would say Sweden is a much, in average or in general, much better place than other countries. Um, But I have had numerous of conversations and environments, uh, colleagues, managers that have been horrible, to be honest. Um, And that have not been a sport or not been nice or backstabbing, lying. Um, And to be honest, I think that goes back to Mm self-esteem. Your own self-esteem. Um, and your own worth because a lot of things that we are doing towards each other is that we're projecting things so true when we have conversations with each other or you know I'm sure you can relate you've called a friend and and you are disappointed at this friend because x did this and then that friend is projecting her own things onto you and you're like, no, but that's not what I'm talking about. Or should I, do you think I really, really should, but that's not, you know, it's, it's out of context. And, and that's the thing we're always projecting our own things, emotions, feelings, um, worth, etc. So that's also one thing that, and why Voicera exists because we need to work a lot more on our own worth. And if we think that we are worthy of something, like truly deeply think we're worthy of of this role or or feeling this happiness or whatever, why should we be unhappy if someone else is feeling the same way?
0: It's true that somebody else's success or somebody else's happiness can be triggering for you if Mm. you feel that lack inside of yourself. So it's Mm -hmm. about working on yourself first and your worthiness. And that is truly work that only you can do yourself. Nobody Mm -hmm. else can ever come and heal you or make things better. It is work that you have to do on your own thoughts and your own inner critic and your own thoughts around your own worthiness. And I, I think what you're saying about people projecting that is so, so true. And I've experienced that throughout my life as well, is that when people say things about you or you're triggering for other people, it's not you. It's what you trigger inside of them. Maybe you're going Mm. out there and doing something that they deeply wish that they Mm. could do, but they fear it or they they don't feel worthy. And then the result becomes, you know, a negative thing. And Mm. I really loathe when women are being pitted against each other as well. Because I truly believe and Voice Her is, a, is an example of that. That when women come together, the most amazing things can happen. Mm.
1: But also, somebody needs to set that environment, yes. those foundations, and people will follow. Yes. Um, and and we need to have open conversations about this. And. Um, I'm not saying that I am, you know, completely free from judgment or anything like that. I don't think any of us are. Of course, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I don't want to sound like I'm sitting here on my horses. I obviously also have my challenges. But I try to think if I'm being challenged or if I feel frustrated or irritated at somebody, I try to ask myself, why do I feel this? feeling why do I have this feeling mm. what is it within me that are creating this problem because I am the one with the problem not the other one exactly. I am the one yeah. so why do I have this feeling so I try to look at myself and think you know what can I do to change my own habit of of thinking um, and that's where it has to start
0: absolutely
1: within yourself
0: so true and voice her is an amazing space to do this. So we're going to continue this conversation on VoiceHer <laughs> as well. Yes. So tell me, where are you now with VoiceHer? Are people able to join? Yes. And you're looking at launching in the UK and what's happening right now? Tell me.
1: Yeah, it's super exciting. So Son and I have been working a lot on this. Um, for the, I think we released the app in App Store and Google Play two months ago. And since then, we've had, we have more than 700 profiles created now, and most of it has been coming in organically, which is great. Uh, right now, we are building retention, obviously, because this is something that is crucial for any type of app, any type of service. You need to have users coming back and feeling that they are what we're bringing is value, so we're Putting a lot of effort in user research, uh, we're not creating a va- something that is value for Stan and me, even though it will obviously in the end. But what is value to our users? And um, So lots of user interviews, building retention, having different communities coming in uh, and having conversations with each other because what we have been lacking, what we've been missing is that instant connection, uh, free from judgment, free from visual distractions, etc. But actually having that conversation and relatable conversations, relevant topics. Uh, that we need to have so we are we actually launched it worldwide already so wherever you are in the world you can download it and this is because we wanted to see where where we have traction and we have seen that we have most amount of downloads in Sweden obviously because we have a wider network here but the second one is is you the US and the third is the UK Um, and we are building the app in English so we are we can't wait to bring this globally but we need to also build a solid foundation and that's what we are doing right now
0: that's so exciting so anybody who hears this you want to come and join the conversation on voice Her, you can just download it from the App Store or Play Store as well, and uh, come and join us in the conversation. Obviously, you're listening to this because you like audio, right? It's a podcast, so <laughs> so uh, more conversations, and more natural conversations yeah. as well, where we talk to each other more in a way than you can in a podcast mm-hmm. where it's just you and me. So do come and join us. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining me for this conversation. It was really interesting to listen to your story and your background and where you come from and your values and drivers and. I'm excited for you and for Voice her because I think you're filling such an important gap for women to come together and be unstoppable. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Jessica.
1: And it was truly my pleasure. Um, and I love having these type of conversations um, because I think, you know, everyone has a story. And if we can open up and share that story, it's not just healing ourselves, but it's also healing others and bring perspective. And you know, feeling that relatable uh, feeling that I'm not alone. She has been going through that, or I'm going through that. Maybe I can reach out. So I am super happy that I'm that I that we've had this podcast, and um, can't wait to see more women coming in and have similar conversations.
0: That's what it's all about: providing a space for somebody, if it's just one person, to say oh, I'm not alone. That person is also going through it. And I think that that's really powerful. Exactly. So we're going to put the uh, link to Play Store and App Store in the show notes and also the link to Voice her so you can find more information. Thank you so much, Victoria, for today. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode you've been listening to unprecedented women with me Jess Ortsley if you've been inspired by this conversation I would love to hear from you please subscribe to this podcast and give us a rating and review on apple Podcasts to help spread the word believe it or not it really does help keep in touch on instagram my favorite platform and let me know your thoughts you can find me at rocksocial underscore. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time for more chats with unprecedented women.